are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the FCF Leadership Podcast. We have been talking about the Enneagram personality types. Our goal with this podcast is to help you lead through a personality trait. We have chosen one characteristic for each Enneagram. We're going to look at that characteristic through a psychological lens, a biblical lens, and a leadership lens. While this trait may be associated with a certain Enneagram number, these traits are all something that all of us have struggled with. So don't just tune in for your number. Listen to all of them. You're going to learn something. Today, we are focusing on the three, which is the performer. At their best, threes are excelling, genuine, and confident. Their biggest fear is being worthless apart from their accomplishments, and their basic desire is to feel valuable. Because their desire to feel valuable and their fear of being worthless, threes can lie to get the attention they feel they lack. A few weeks ago, I was able to interview John Michael Howell on what it's like to be a three. This interview took place over Zoom, and I know the audio isn't the greatest, but the content is so amazing. Enjoy. Okay, so the characteristic trait we're going to be talking about today is lying. Um, Mm -hmm. Threes being performers, feeling like they need to always put on a show, and of course, I am saying this as a generalization. I know yeah. you're not going to take offense to anything we say. This yeah. is just a huge generalization. So lying when it comes to a three is um, their interpretation of the truth or a fabrication of the truth. You know, it's like an embellishment. It's not so much saying things that aren't true. It's just yeah making things bigger. So um, three is the performer. At their best, threes are excelling, genuine, and confident. The biggest fear is being worthless apart from their accomplishments. And their basic desire is to feel valuable. Because their desire to feel valuable and fear of being worthless, threes can lie to get the attention they feel they lack. Does that feel like, do you feel anything with that? So yes and no. So. And I'll, I'll kind of just address this, you know, from my perspective, Yeah. what I'm discovering is that a three wing four is actually pretty different than a three wing two, because almost every three is a three wing two, almost every single one. And because of that, the stereotypes are based off of that. And so I don't know if I'm the way that I am because of how I was raised or it's a personality thing. And, you know, no, I mean, there's not with the Enneagram, even though there's a general, like most people's feet fit this size shoe. I mean, there are so many different foot sizes in the world, you know, so to speak. Um, But when it comes to the seat, I see that embellishment thing in pretty much every single one of my friends who are threes but it's one thing that i rarely i'll say rarely rarely do like if i'm in a conversation and we're talking about accomplishments it is a very 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 rare occurrence if i say something or leave out certain information or put in certain you know choose my information to make it look bigger than it is it's a very rare occurrence i don't do it anymore because 
of awareness of that, knowing that that's something. But for me, it's like, I've gotten to the point with my own self where I'm like, I'm not doing what I do for anybody other than to please God. And I already know that he's pleased with me. So it's like, it's a win-win for me. I'm just doing this and I'm doing music and I'm leading worship because that's something that I'm passionate about, something that God's put in my heart. And I want to be successful at it because I believe that God wants me to be successful at it. Absolutely. So with that framework, there's there's been a lot of people, like even surprisingly at 21, a lot of people who have been very judgmental no matter what I do. Um, you know, no matter what it is, it's like, if you're trying to build a following, it's like, okay, well now you're in pride. If you're, you know, wanting to step out and lead more, it's like, okay, well you think that you're all that and whatever. And it's like people putting on these stereotypes and like labels where it's like, I don't, that's not what I'm feeling. That's not what I'm going through. I'm just doing this because I'm passionate about it. Right. And so at this point in my life, I can honestly say that when it comes to the deceit thing, it's like, I could care less what you think about me. You know, it's like, I could care less out if you think that what I've done is super great or not, because in my mind, it's all relative. I may have gotten to this point, but there's a billion other people who have gotten to this point, right. you know, in those areas. So my whole outlook on success is you can't judge one person's success by another person's success ever. And I think, I think comparison's really the enemy to progress because it is. whenever we compare with others, we get sidetracked from what's actually important for us to grow in. Yeah. And so that's a very, very long response to that but I know the feeling of wanting to em- embellish, embellish the truth and my areas of weakness is probably when it comes to deceit is probably more deceiving myself you know and I'm trying to get more vulnerable and honest with God on that but when it comes to others it's like I not just me but I've, I've had conversations with my family and friends that I trust about this and they're like yeah I don't I don't feel like you I don't feel like that's something that you do you know for others I don't, I mean, I don't know you that well, but I don't see anything of what you're doing as being an embellishment. Um, I definitely see that three coming out, that performer, but I do know your heart and I know that your heart is after God. So I know that it's not performing to put on a show for yourself. I know that you're doing it to bring glory to God. And I mean, like you said, he wants us all to be successful in what he's called us to do, you know? Yeah. Why would someone not acknowledge something that I've done be affecting me or be, you know, making me feel this way? And honestly, like for me, getting curious about my emotions has probably led to the most growth, you know, in um, in my own life and in my own personality. And that's taken me on a journey that's now I'm at the spot where I'm like, what I actually truly desire is for people to you know, love me for who I am and not what I do and make sure that what I do is motivated out of the personality that God's given me, the desire to go and accomplish things and not, you know, so that people see me as, you know, this super successful person and therefore, you know, I'm validated. But I think a lot of people, a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders sit in that boat where they're looking from for that validation. Um, and I think, really it's as simple as getting curious about like, why am I feeling the way that I feel? Cause a lot of us know the word, you know, and know yeah. what God says. And <clears throat> a lot of times I think we, we push down too much 
what we're feeling that we, we can never get truly vulnerable with ourselves and ask ourselves the tough questions like, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? I started going through this journey a year and a half ago, thanks to, of course, our dear friend, Patrick Norris. Yes. Who has helped me <coughs> understand our emotions, understand that God gave us our emotions. Yeah. And that they're not a bad thing. Yeah. They're a good thing. We acknowledge them. We don't let them rule us. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. Man, you are like so spot on with that. And as a performer, I think that is so important for you to acknowledge I am still me, even if I don't perform. Right. right? Yeah. Like you are yeah. still who God created you to be, whether you're on stage, off stage, on Instagram, off Instagram, whatever. Right. As a wing three, I am a four wing three, which, by the way, the majority of threes that I met were wing twos. I did finally meet another four wing three this weekend. And she is nice. also a worship leader and she's also a photographer. So, um, <laughs> Makes yeah, sense. it does. It's anyway, but as a, as a wing three, I can definitely go that way of wanting to perform, wanting to put on a show and then also finding too much validation and what others think of me. Yeah. Um, that is something that I am working on every day. Yeah. But anyway, you know, it's just, it's that fine line when you're a performer, when you're trying to make things interesting, especially with you on Instagram um, and on YouTube, you're trying to make things interesting, but you're still trying to be genuine, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a fine line to toe, but I think you do it quite well. Thank you. Yeah, that, it definitely a thousand percent is because there's like, there's kind of two routes to it. And what I don't want to do is like disintegrate my social media presence with who I actually am. So the more that I can, you know, just be myself, and people like that, my, my kind of like outlook on content creation is, if I'm just if I just be me on the internet, eventually I'm going to find people who just like watching me, you know? Yes. Um, and yeah, because I've, there's a lot of my friends who, who take those shortcuts and are not genuine and it gets on their friends' nerves and it makes them wildly successful at what they do. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, this isn't who you are. And then they get right. burned out and then they don't want to do it anymore because it, it was never something that, that they were actually passionate about. Right. So I've always tried to like guard myself against that. And it, there's, times where I do and times where I definitely just do something simply because I know it will work and I know it will get response. Um, but you know, we're all human and I try most of the time to be genuine and be myself, you know, uh, super random questions, but just to loosen things up a little bit, um, coffee or tea, tea, really? Yeah. Coffee is an addiction. <laughs> it is. Okay. What's your favorite dessert? Um, well, I don't know if this is, a, this is a dessert, but the first thing that comes to my head is watermelon. Watermelon is my favorite food, dessert, everything. Cause it's, I mean, you can eat literally as much as you want of it. It's extremely sweet and amazing. It is. And it's healthy at the same time, hydrating. It's good. So as I was coming up with questions for you, I was trying to think back of all the times, like we've encountered at conferences and things when we would do Starbucks runs and I couldn't ever remember you getting a coffee. 
right it's like egg bites I'm like I'm hungry yes <laughs> and then I couldn't ever remember you actually eating a dessert like something sweet I think I've seen you eat a cookie but never like these are good brownies or cakes or pies or anything like that I mean I eat that stuff it's just if I had my option and there was a table of everything it's just going to be watermelon watermelon every time, every time. Okay. yeah Okay, so I've watched you do a lot of covers recently. Specifically, Bieber and Shawn Mendes have been mm -hmm. two big ones. Um, but on a totally similar vein, but different, who would be your favorite mainstream collab? Would it be John Mayer, Charlie Puth, or Ryan Tedder? Um, Ryan Tedder. Really? <laughs> yeah. And not because he's like the biggest star ever, but he's probably been the person that has impacted me the most in terms of how I make music yeah. and my drive for making music. A lot of that has been inspired by him. So, I mean, he's up on my vision board. You can't, you can only see like the corner of it. Like actually, yeah, there it is. He's actually, okay. he's one of those pictures over there. Um, I would love to collaborate with any of those people, but yeah. Ryan Tedder, would just be amazing and and his heart for um helping grow new young artists and actually doing it okay so also because i follow you on social media i get to see a lot of um you serving and leading in the local church you know you lead yeah. praise and worship but then as a praise and worship leader you also have to submit yourself under other people as well mm -hmm. um have you encountered situations where it is so important to understand a person's personality um, for communication purposes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or else if we don't understand each other's personalities, sometimes that leaves an opportunity to get hurt unnecessarily by each other because I love learning about the Enneagram because it makes me realize that the way people process live and choose to communicate is so much different than me. And what may be mean or sound mean or come off mean something that I would say for somebody else may just be actually completely normal. They're not trying to be mean at all. Right. And so specifically like at my church, there are a lot of fives there, like because a lot of the main pastors are fives, they hire a bunch of fives and fives can come off very cerebral and intense and, there've been lots of opportunities for me to get hurt by stuff that people have said, just cause they're very, very, very direct. So like when you're a kid and you're like 14 and you're getting these extremely critical comments to help you grow, but extremely critical and seem very harsh, it can, it can be really hard, but me realizing, Oh, they're not being mean. They're trying to be helpful. And that's just their approach to communication helps me actually love, that directness about them. So instead of it being like, okay, I have to tolerate this. It's like, I actually love and appreciate that about them and can see where like, you know, I could actually probably adapt some of those skills, you know? Okay. We're going to watch this video from, um, Patrick and Todd Bowman. And then, um, I'll stop it after Dr. Bowman speaks so that we can kind of have a conversation about what he says. So our third topic is on lying, lying. Todd, hit us with lying in a mind-brain reality. Yeah, when I think about lying from a neurological perspective, it really is a very primitive defense mechanism. It's about covering and hiding. Uh, emotionally, that's certainly evidence that there's an experience of shame. Uh, so shame becomes a very behavioral manifestation uh, 
in the form of lying. So there's this covering, there's deceit, there's misdirection that happens, but it's all about the preservation of the self. That lying is an, an attempt at uh, maintaining status, about maintaining uh, control in some ways. Yeah. Um, but lying kind of creates a split reality neurologically where we are trying to create an external reality that's different. So even the mind-body disconnects, I feel it right now in my stomach, thinking back to times where I've lied, where I can be behaviorally creating a misdirection, but my body feels kind of the sense of conviction where my stomach begins to churn and there's a heaviness there. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's interesting for folks to look if there's been lying in the past to reflect on, you know, do you have a tell or a cue where your body is trying to help reintegrate? Like, wait a minute, we're not Whoa. telling the truth, but our will is driving the lie while our body is in many ways convicting us of the behavior that we're engaged in. Yo. Yeah, I know. Straight facts, right? <laughs> Boy. Ooh, every time, every single time. I've watched three videos now and it's like, mm. I know it's like, this is somehow like, ouch, but then also like not ouch. It's like anti-ouch is comforting at the same time. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. What I found interesting with that was he said almost exactly what you said, where, where was it? You're you were talking about, um, hang on, let me go back and find it. I was like, wow. You're lying to yourself. That's what he was talking about. He said you can yeah. lie, but it's almost you're, like you're lying to yourself. Because your because your body feels it. That's crazy. Because um, that's so true. It's interesting for someone to you know verbalize that. But every time that I've done that thing where I've been in a conversation and I've been like, maybe I'm trying to impress somebody or something, and I can literally feel that even as I'm thinking about like, I'm just going to reveal only the details that are going to make me look the absolute best in the story. And I think that there's a lot of deceit in that too. Like just telling the right amount of the truth to where you can have yeah. this conversation with your own mind. Like, Oh, well I like, I only said truthful things, but at the same time, there's like this prideometer that's like, yeah, but you said the things to make to, to get this fulfillment, you know, that you're not supposed to get from other people. You're saying this thing to, to get this validation on the inside that's only supposed to come from God and, you know, not these people. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. And that's definitely something that I felt that a lot of people feel. That's interesting how even you can feel it in your body, like your yeah. body literally has a reaction to you disintegrating. Yeah. It's interesting. So what has um, been the greatest way to bring this to light for you? Because as humans, we, I think we all struggle with this, which is why I chose this as the characteristic to focus on, even though as threes, you know, they're performers, so they're going to embellish potentially. Um, as a human, we all suffer from this at one point or another. So for you, what has been the best way to overcome something like this? Um, being humble really covers a multitude of sins. And I, I think in every person, there is opportunity to be in pride. And um, unfortunately, for me, and a lot of people, we choose that, you know, over humility, but I think 
the first step to humility, at least in my own mind, is being vulnerable with yourself enough to be able to say there is an issue here that needs to be fixed. I think that's the very first step is realizing that there is a problem and being like, yeah, that this is a problem that needs to be fixed. I think the second step is within your own self exploring how did this problem get here? How did this problem of deceit get here? And what is it fueling inside of me? And that's whenever I would discover, wow, I'm really, I am seeking validation from people because I am a human. And as humans, we want to feel validated, but how can I, what can I do to change my outlook on this so that I'm receiving my validation now from God and I'm not receiving that from what I do or how can I realize the truth that people actually are going to love me for who I am and not for what I do. And I think the the step after that is to, you know, seek counsel. And for my, for me, it's my parents, they're a safe place for me. So I can talk to them about it and they can point out things to me that I'm doing or saying or whatever. And they just remind me, it's not who I am. Like you did this, you said this, but that's not who you are, you know? And my mom is really great at always, you know, whenever she's like, man, like, but I love you so much. You're, you're like, you're so great, but I love you for who you are. And just reminding me like, Hey, like I love you and people are going to love you for who you are and not because of what you do. I think because of what you do. Yeah. I think that has that whole process of just being humble enough to allow myself to stop hurting myself, you know, in those right. areas. I think that's, that was the key for me to begin that process of not feeling like I need to be deceitful in what I'm saying. Cause it's a constant thing. It's not like, okay, I've conquered this. I can move on. Mm-hmm. It's most of what we're discussing and figuring out in these Enneagrams is that it's a constant thing. You don't just become this whole person who never struggles with anything. Of course. You just have greater knowledge and understanding as to why and then how to overcome it. And how to just move towards it. Like that's, that's life. It's just moving towards things like you first, it starts with, you know, what what you're meditating on, like we become what we behold. And and if I'm meditating on like, I want to become like Jesus, and I'm thinking me in 10 years looks a whole lot more like Jesus than now. That's all we can do as humans and is to move towards it. You know, whether it's we're learning a skill, we're overcoming a personality hurdle, uh, a some area of sin or whatever it is, it's all we can do is, is move towards it. And so I always, you know, people get so down on themselves for, oh man, like there are all these, you know, 14 year olds on Instagram, right? It's like, I've tried learning guitar, but it just, it doesn't work. Right. Or like, you know, I'm trying to learn guitar right now, but it's really hard, but I really want to learn it. It's like, that's good. That's great that it's hard because you're moving towards it. And if it's something you're actually passionate about, you're just going to keep moving towards it. I'm like, cause even for me, it's like, I'm moving towards learning how to play guitar and, you know, it's like, and I know that I'm at this level now where a lot of people see like, oh, well, he knows guitar. He knows how to play guitar. Um, but for me, I can see the full spectrum and be like, actually, I'm still moving towards learning guitar better. And as people, 
we never fully arrive at anything. It's always right. just a progression towards that. And we never fully arrive until we're with Jesus. That's the arrival point. So it's like, what are we doing here on earth? And how are we moving towards holiness? How are we moving towards, you know, being humble and not being deceitful? And that's just one thing about deceit is that it doesn't just hurt us. It hurts other people, right. you know? Um, and that's just a random off topic note. I just thought about it's but, not off topic because yeah. my next question I was going to ask is how can you help others overcome this? Yeah. Um, I think that is a tough question <laughs> because a lot of people don't see it as a problem. I think, I think pride is the biggest veil over anybody's eyes ever but i'm gonna assume that the people you'd talk you you'd talk about right now would be people who are actually wanting help because if you don't want help then there's absolutely nothing that can be done but um for people that are like i don't want to i don't want to be like this like i don't want to to get my validation from people like i don't want that i am getting that right now and i don't want that i mean what i would just tell them is to get curious about why why do they feel like this deep need, you know, for to get that validation from people? That's what I say to everyone. You have to get curious about how you feel. And I did, I learned that from Patrick. And I just tell that to other people because of how much it's helped me. But that's the main thing. That's the first step. And for anybody who's listening to this, that's what I would tell them is whether it's deceit or anything else in life, you have to get curious about why am I receiving validation from this because because then you'll start to think back to points in time whenever somebody said something or you went through something that built this framework in your mind that you have to do something or you have to prove that you're great in some way in order to receive you know this validation to to you know like Patrick said it's a survival mechanism to feel safe you know to feel like I'm going to be accepted I'm not going to be rejected um, you have to get curious about that. And, and, and that begins the process of you being able to heal and forgive people that have, you know, maybe contributed to, to why you are the way that you are right now in that area. Um, but then also to just release forgiveness, you know, towards yourself and just move towards not doing that. Whenever you're in conversations, just think about, before you say something, yeah, before you say something where you're, you're stretching the truth or you're painting a false narrative, just think about it and try not to do it. And then just keep trying not to do it. Oh, my phone went off. Keep trying not to do it. And voila, like you're moving towards not having this, you know, deceitful nature. And I think that's all we can do. One of the things you mentioned was that your parents are your safe harbor, that safe place. And I would just like to encourage the people that are watching or listening to be that safe harbor for those that you're leading to whatever they come to you with, not be a judgmental voice, but a voice of love and reason. And I think that's going to be like one of the biggest ways that you can help someone overcome a multitude of issues, you know, lying or embellishing being one of them is just by being that listening ear to hear what they have to say and then encourage them to be better versions of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I have a safe harbor as well. That's one of the things Patrick talks about too. We've learned so much from him. 
But speaking of Patrick, let's hear what he has to say about lying from a biblical standpoint. It's interesting because the biblical idea is this masking. It's we read that we're not to fake or to be inauthentic, but we're to present ourselves in love and truth. Truth is reality. So what we do whenever we are lying is we're simply wanting to present an image of ourselves that we ourselves know is not true. And incidentally, because it's not true, it's not love. So the most loving thing we can do and the most connected and intimate possibility is to move past this feeling of I've got to present something. And then it's really not move past. I guess it's moved back inward to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enough. I'm valuable. Who I am is loved by God. And I find myself, I'm going to be kind and gracious to me. So uh, if somebody rejects me, that's going to have to be on them, not me. And that, again, is the groundwork against lying. Josh, there's so much in that, like, 60 seconds. <laughs> Wow. I mean, what, what else needs to be said at that point? I mean, honestly, so um, I, it's just validation for everything you've already said, John Michael, you know, knowing that you are already loved by God, you are made in his image, you know, your validation comes from him alone. And yeah. then finding that security within yourself and within God can stop you uh, from making these mistakes of embellishing or lying. Yeah, absolutely. I love what he said about being able to turn inward and be because I think where lying comes from the reason we do it just like he's been talking about is because we have an insecure fragmented picture of our own self and we think oh no if people see this fragmented human they're not going to like this they're going to reject this but what I'm discovering is that that people actually just love you for who you are and whenever you tell the truth and whenever you don't, you know, embellish or paint this false, you know, image or whatever, they actually trust you more and they actually will love you more because of it. And just mm -hmm. like how he said that, you know, lying is actually not loving. Well, the, the same is true in reverse, you know, telling the truth is loving and people will love you for telling the truth and, and for yeah. being honest about who you are. People will yeah. always love that so much more. Like I think about an example of this is, um, Post Malone, you know, in the in the music industry, he uses auto tune, and he is very open and vocal about that. The thing is, is everybody uses auto tune. There's not a single vocal on the internet. Maybe Billie Eilish is the only one, but there's not a single another vocal on the internet that does not use auto tune. But people love that about him. That people will tell him, "Man, you're you're so great at singing." He's like, "Well, it's called auto tune." You know, and that's not to get into like the whole false humility thing, but just the vulnerability of him being like, yeah, well, it's because I use autotune and he's not, his identity is not hung up in, wow, I'm such an amazing singer. It's wow. People are just going to like me for who I am. The the guy with the tattoos on his face. On his face. <laughs> Dancing to Shania Twain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things that he was talking about, and we briefly have you did when you were talking about leadership in the church was appreciating all of the different um, personality types. You yeah. know, it's really just you accepting yourself and then accepting others around you for who they truly are. 
God created them the way they are. God didn't create us to be cookie cutter Christians. He created us as Jen Trengale said in this last weekend, he painted with lots of different colors. Yeah. You know, we are all versions of him. We are all an imprint of him. So to say like one personality trait is, or one personality is worse than another means you're saying a side of God is not good. And yeah. as Christians, we know that God is good all the time. Yeah. All the time, God is good. But there's yeah. always room for improvement. Like you said, our fullness will not be complete until we are in heaven. Until yeah. we see Jesus. Yeah. Man, John Michael. The years of wisdom you have, my friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Whitley. <laughs> yes, I am Whitley. <laughs> I am Whitley. So why don't you take a second and tell people how they can follow you or what they can be looking forward to coming up soon. Yes, you can follow me on all social media platforms at John Michael Howell. The only one that's different is Twitter. It's JMH for life. But if you search John Michael Howell on Twitter, uh, it will pop up. Um, yeah, you can just look forward to a bunch of musical content and randomness. And by then, you'll have a new song out, movie. Yeah, correct. I will have a new song called Movie, which I am extremely pumped about. It As I was finishing writing it, and I was like, wow, this is really a song about 2020. This is going to help a lot of people wow. see that, you know, everything we go through is not just there's no time that's wasted, right? It's all part of the plot. So even whenever we get to those points when we're like, wow, this is over, this is the absolute worst and there's no recovery. Like that's when the plot decides we're actually going to turn around now. It's like at that intense, like ugh, part of the movie, whenever everything starts turning around and we can now, you know, look at all these things that we've been through and we can be like, wow, actually I'm really thankful for everything I've been through. And it's uh, what, a, what a great movie that all of it made. So that's, that's the whole song idea. I love it. I can't wait to hear it. Well, that's it for this episode. On the next episode, we will be talking about fours with me, because I'm a four. They're the romantic, in case you didn't know. Make sure you like and subscribe to FCF to receive notification of all of the newest podcasts and videos that we have. And make sure you go and like John Michael Howe. You'll love what he's putting out there. Thanks for listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. To learn more, go to fcf.org.